This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 6. This week's show concludes our interviews with the category winners of the 2020 Zebra Golden Brush Awards. Today we hear from two final category winners, Sitting Pretty Home Decor and Carte Blanche Design Company. We'll check in with a few of your furniture refinishing friends to see what they're working on in their studios this week. We'll get our first update since Jen chose the three participants at our first ever Zebra Furniture Flip event. And we'll hear from the 2021 judging panel for the Zebra Review and we'll announce April's contest theme. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. On last week's show, you heard from two artists which comprise two of our 2020 Golden Brush Award category winners. Today, you get to hear from one more. Sarah was sitting pretty home decor. Unfortunately, Colleen with Carte Blanche Design Company was not able to make the podcast, so she provided some information about her piece that I will share after Sarah's interview. Hello, Sarah, and congratulations on winning Best Clean and Classic. That's incredible. Thank you so much, Lane. You know, you mentioned something special about this piece regarding how you chose it, at least for the contest, um, because you had a lot of pieces to choose from. Share how you made the decision to go with this particular piece for the Golden Brush Awards. Oh, it was so much fun. I This was the one category, I think because especially last year, I focused so much on a lot of clean and classic. That kind of is where my style ended up going that mm-hmm. when I was going through all my pieces, I'm just one after another. I'm like, well, this one could work and this one could work. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask my kids, you know, let them pick because, you know, why not? And yeah. they picked that one because the picture that I used in staging is a picture of Alex holding Theo. So I don't think it really had anything to do with the piece. (laughs) They were just tickled that they were in it. Um, (laughs) That's funny. I know. It was really, really cool to see that piece get chosen specifically for that reason. Were they pretty much all in agreement then? Yes. Yes. (laughs) They all love that photo. I actually just changed out my gallery wall of family photos uh-huh. and that was the one they were like we can't change that one out i'm like but he's almost two like let's get a new one <laughs> <laughs> that's cute i know <laughs> that, that's uh that's such a neat story uh and i'm going to ask you this but this is going to be difficult but as you think back on when you were trying to make the decision like were you leaning towards a totally different one would you have chosen this one had the kids not chosen it I wouldn't have. Um, I loved that piece, but I don't know that there are certain pieces that just really like pull my heartstrings, um, I guess, creatively. And there was one other one. It was a really, really deep, almost black green. And that's one of those pieces that like, oh, I wish I'd kept it. And that was the piece I was leaning towards. And Uh so... And even I think like right before I hit submit, I think I changed it to the one the kids pick because I was like, I have to honor it. I asked for their opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And so it sort of felt like fate. Yeah. I bet they were like beyond thrilled to find out when you uh, actually won. They're like, see, see. (laughs) I I wish I'd gotten a video of Alex because he gets that Macaulay Culkin home alone face with the big eyes and the giant mouth. Like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) like, it got picked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's a sweet story well before we discuss your piece um we have to find out how you're doing now how much longer do you have before 
Bolton baby number six. Number six. I think I'm at like the three-year mark. <laughs> That's <how long> <laughs> what it feels like. <laughs> yes. I was talking to someone else who is actually due the same day I am with her first. And she's like, it's going so quickly. I'm like, mm, give it a couple more weeks. <laughs> it's going to last forever. <laughs> it's the hard stages, isn't it? Yes. But I've got a little over eight weeks left. Oh, wow. Well, at least it's going to be, let's see. So we're in March. So it's in May then, right? The due date? Yep. yep. Well, at least that's before the hot months come along. Yes. Because I've. I've heard from several and my wife, a testimony to that, that it's hard being pregnant in those hot months, you know? Oh, my, with my first, I had a little um, yellow Volkswagen Beetle. It was literally a giant lemon. I should never have bought it. <laughs> but the air conditioning went out when I was pregnant and I was due in August and I had, and I had black leather seats and I would drive, you know, 40 minutes to and from work. And I don't remember ever being so hot in my life. It's miserable, isn't it? Oh, it's awful. It's like you're literally cooking. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're cooking a human. It's a, it's a giant oven. Oh, man. Well, certainly wish and pray the best for you in the coming weeks. So are you guys enjoying this beautiful weather? Oh, I can't get enough of it. I kind of, I always try to see the positives and everything, but you know how it is this time of year. It's like, I don't want to get excited because I'm like, it could be 30 tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. It's like a yo-yo effect. Yeah. Well, I did see for us, uh, you know, we had this long stretch of rain, and then we've gotten several days, I haven't counted, of course, but several days of just the sunshine, and it's kind of gradually creeping up into the 70s. And then I look ahead in the forecast, it looks like some clouds are coming in, but then it also looks like the temperatures are dropping some. I won't make a big deal about it because I know listeners that are in parts of the world that are really cold would throw tomatoes at me when I'm complaining about 50 degree weather. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what it's going to be. You know, yeah. There's a lot of furniture finishers in Canada. You better be careful. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about your cleaning classic dresser. Where did you find it? And what kind of shape was it in when you got it? Well, this is another kind of um, cute story with a little off story. Um, we were at a, a really, really nice peddler's mall in Louisville. It's almost like an antique mall. And I ran into a vendor who follows me on Instagram and he was like, it's funny. I ran into you. He said, I have a question for you. I said, okay. So he took me over to his booth and he had this huge, like a display cabinet kind of on top of an apothecary cabinet. I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. It was antique piece mm -hmm. and massive. And he said, I've been trying to sell this for months and I can't, and I want to repaint it. And he was like, would you recommend a color? I can't remember what it was. I gave him a, a Benjamin Moore color, like a dark green. And we started talking about that. And uh, I think he might've been holding on to this like, as a thank you <laughs> right before I left. He was like, by the way, across the street at the Goodwill, there's a really nice Henredon dresser. I'm like, Oh, thanks. So, <laughs> um, and by the way, he painted that piece green, I think that day and it sold the next day. Wow. Really? Yes, that really, like, I told him, I said, okay, well, that's $50 for my consultation fee. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, so I went over there and checked it out, and it was in beautiful shape. It was one of those pieces I thought, oh, should I paint it? And, I, you know, you, you just don't think that very often as a furniture painter. You know, we paint mm -hmm. everything. 
I think I got that piece done in a couple of days because I was so excited about it. You know, those are the ones that you just you dive into and, and don't look back. Um, I think I sanded the top down and I think I just did like a light whitewash on it. That's one of those woods where, you know, how it turned out. Everyone wants to know, like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> I just sort of, I, I really don't. I never can remember exactly how I do them. I need to start writing it down. Yeah, you almost need to keep a journal on each piece because, my gosh, as many pieces as you're doing, you know, and then a lot of it becomes instinctual, I'm sure. Yes, yes. So you're probably not even thinking about sometimes about the technique and the process and the mixing of pain and, you know, it just, uh, you know, it's just part of the process. It is. And people will say, well, how do you whitewash? And I'm like, well, it kind of depends on the piece. It depends on the type of wood you're dealing with. I mean, you could, I could really probably do like a whole tutorial series of different types of whitewashing. Um, and like that piece, I think the the wood naturally had some red undertones. So if you pick a white that has green undertones to it, that will counteract the red, not make it look so orangey. There's a, there's a science to it. Yeah. Wow. That's a good tip. Yeah. So I always do, if I know I'm going to do wood, I always do the wood first because I want to see how it's going to turn out before I pick the paint color. Mm -hmm. It's a little unpredictable. And I had that color. It's Algonquin from Fusion. Very strange color because it looks, they call them chameleon colors. It looks very, very tan in the jar, but it has like a much more taupey gray appearance when painted, even if you hold the jar up next to the painted piece, they don't look the same. It's really cool. And then the, the hardware on it, I've just, I think I boiled and polished. It was really, really cool hardware. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the hardware because I am flipping back and forth between the piece, you know, a picture of it when you bought it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in the picture and I don't know, maybe it's just the lighting, but it looks like it changed the tone of it a little bit, maybe. Well, if you, I think it's just getting that the grime off, honestly, in the patina. Because um, over yeah. time, you know, your finger oils and everything touches it. You know, if it was originally like a really shiny brass, it just dulls and gets dark. The boiling is not always really necessary. It just makes it when you clean it with Barkeeper's Friend, which is what uh -huh. I do. I, it's just less labor intense, especially with all the little ornate grooves and all that. It just helps, you know, boil the funk off. <laughs> yeah. So you, how long do you leave them in the boiling water? Um, I usually let it get to a boil and then I turn it off and let it sit sometimes too long. Um, <laughs> I've had that happen before where I've forgotten. <laughs> it's melted. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, new hardware it is. <laughs> But typically, I let it get to a boil, let it boil for you know a couple minutes, and then turn it off, let it cool down, drain it, and then I'll scrub it with Barkeeper's Friend and a toothbrush, and then I'll go back with like four O steel wool, um, mm -hmm. and that really polishes it, brings the shine out. You said this color is Algonquin, I believe is mm -hmm. what you said. You know, when you look at this color, uh, the photograph, and then you look at the hardware with it, it doesn't. Uh, you certainly notice the hardware, but it's not like it's not too much. Yeah. And that's the reason why I was wondering if you did something to the hardware to tone it down a little bit, but I guess just the cleaning process had the right kind of effect on it. Cause it's just, it's really, it's neat how it all kind of blends together. Yeah, it really did. You know, when you're doing a piece like this and you know, 
we've had some of these discussions before in the past, but you know, you obviously you sanded down the top and and you painted the body, the drawers, and and even the feet, uh, the little legs on it. Did do you, when you look at a piece like that, are you thinking, I wonder if I should just leave the feet exposed? You know, because sometimes that is a choice, and a lot of people do. I mean, on, on this piece, I'm looking. I'm glad you didn't, because I think it would have been. I don't know. Maybe it would have been beautiful too. But you know, it's just it's a nice completed piece. But I mean, how do you make those decisions? For me, and I have some people ask me sometimes. You know, they'll send me a piece and like, hey, Sarah, do you think I should do? You know, and my advice to them, and it's just my personal preference. I typically only like one wood aspect. I mean, I've done pieces before where I think I've like. I th- I'm thinking of one dresser where I had little feet exposed and then the top drawer, mm-hmm. but I feel like visually it kind of feels unbalanced. If you have like the top wood and the feet wood, I don't know. It's, I think it's just my personal preference and, and less is more. I usually try to just pick one part plus two, especially with those pieces. A lot of times the tops are veneer mm-hmm. and the feet are the wood that the rest of the pieces and you sand them down. They're two completely different woods. Yeah, then you did all that work, and so you got to figure out how to, like you said, make it match. Yeah. You always do a great job with staging. What's your staging secret? I don't know. You know, it's funny that you say that because I, I really enjoy the staging most of the time, but then sometimes I just, I'm so terrible at this and throwing everything around, <laughs> and and I think it's because I do love it so much, and I want to you know, kind of perfect it each time. Uh, I don't really know. I was part of a staging group. Uh, I think it was right around two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I learned so much from them. It's a fake. There's a, their Facebook group and there are coaches and you can send in your pieces uh, or your pictures and they can say like, okay, you should move this to the left and add this. And I learned a lot of like basics of eye movement and height mm-hmm. and shapes and all that stuff um and just kind of took it took off from there and i noticed something really quite uh eye-catching in your staging is that a gary's big bowls yes i have been i have been <laughs> making an effort to use his bowls as often as i can i have a ton of them <laughs> So you're a customer of his uh, big bowls. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I'm more of a hoarder. <laughs> I'll show some of my stories and people will be like, stop keeping all the bowls, Sarah. <laughs> That's right. some for us. For those maybe who don't know what we're talking about, Sarah's husband, Gary, has a business on the side is, uh, that he, uh, what do you call it? Uses a, the lathe. He- yeah forms these bowls out of wood now is he still i mean he's still doing that right yeah he just bought a ginormous lathe that's taking up like half of our garage he can make up to i think 24 inch bowls now wow i know and he wants to start making like vessels and plays and not plays trays (laughs) that was a pregnancy brain (laughs) word right there Trays and platters. That was, I, I combined the two, you know, in all his spare time. Yeah. Well, we had him on, of course, uh, last season. Uh, I wish I knew the episode right offhand so people could go back and listen to it, but you can find it when you go back to the podcast listing. But um, he's talking about there's some dangerous aspects to, to doing this. And 
I wonder going to a, a bigger lathe to be able to do up to 24 inches, uh, I would assume that those concerns are still there. Oh my gosh. It, yes. If he has the garage door open, you know, it's, it's pretty loud. You can hear it. And I was actually in our room the other night and I heard this like clunk, 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 and then stopped. And I just paused Uh-oh. and been waiting and I'm like, oh, wait, wait to hear something else. And then I heard it kick back up. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> no one's injured. It's quite an art though. It's, it's, um, it's fun to see these and how you use them in your staging. And of course, uh, Gary has a Instagram account as well. So Sarah, did you keep this piece or did you sell it? I sold it. I sold it to a lady that lives just north of me and has a house full of my pieces. Oh, wow. Well, you just, uh, that's cool. Isn't it fun to have a client that just keeps coming back for more? Oh, it's so, she was actually just here um, a couple days ago and she was looking at some of the pieces I have in the garage and she mentioned, oh yeah, you know, the avocado green dresser. I'm like, wait, which one? And I'm like, oh, you have that? <laughs> you know, like, it, she's got a lot of them, and it's just, it's, it's really cool. Well, I want to be able to ask a question to you that I've asked all of the winners, 10 category winners, and, and that is, tell us what you enjoy so much about refinishing furniture. For me, I think it's just the therapeutic aspect of it. Even when I start feeling burnt out creatively or... Like I, I've done all the things and what else can I do? There's always something else. There's always some, a new way to push yourself. And, you know, having this community on here for inspiration is paramount to me, but it's so therapeutic, you know, being a mom of five and in this pandemic, especially just that having that outlet, you know, creatively is that that's the part that I enjoy the most. Yeah, that's and that's a common response as well. Well, Sarah, share all of your social media accounts so folks can follow you. I am on Facebook under Sitting Pretty Home Decor, and I'm on Instagram under the same. Sarah, you kept this piece clean, and it has a classic look and appeal. Congratulations on winning the clean and classic category. As I've said to the other category winners, it's quite an accomplishment because the competition was very tough. Just to make it as a finalist among the great entries and then to win is phenomenal. So enjoy the accolades from the community. Nice work. Thank you so much. It was really such an honor. Colleen Ferguson with Carte Blanche Design Company won Best Artistic Close-Up. Her piece was a well-photographed close-up of a refinished dresser. I'll read the details she provided. Colleen states, It was ready for the curb, however, I took my time and peeled the veneer off the side and rebuilt the drawers and rails. The side received new boards and a decorative lace embossed wallpaper that I cut out to resemble a border. I used fusion mineral paint encasement, and for the front, I used embossing paste tinted in ash and two stencils. I then painted the drawers encasement in distress very lightly to allow the ash to come through. The stencils are something I have had for years, so unfortunately I don't remember where I purchased it. However, the laurel leaf is my business logo, and I try to incorporate it into some of my pieces because I really try to add a personal touch on everything I refinish. I took the picture in one of my bedrooms when the sun was shining just perfectly on it, and I used my cell phone, Samsung S10. The only editing was the brightness and size, which I did on my phone's own gallery app. I try not to make too many changes when editing because I prefer it to be as true as possible. It was a challenging piece to do, but I'm so glad I continued with it. Sometimes the worst ones turn out to be the best. Thank you very much for this incredible award and honor, and I'm very excited and humbled, Colleen. Well, it was well-deserved, Colleen. Enjoy the accolades. 
Support for Zebra's Before and After comes from Zebra, the brush company that produces application-specific paintbrushes that will literally change your paint life. Whether you are painting a room, creating a craft, or refinishing a furniture piece, Zebra has you covered. Each one of our thoughtfully designed brushes has a specific purpose in mind, and each one is packed with unique and proprietary filaments that are smaller in diameter, allowing us to give you 25% more filament pack out than your standard brush. That translates to smooth finishes and fun brushing. Zebra brushes give you the opportunity to fill your work and guide it to your desired destination. Enjoy and paint on. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. Hi, this is Sarah from Surrey Lane Home. This week, I'm definitely keeping busy with lots of fun furniture. The biggest piece I'm working on is an Empire-style eight-drawer dresser that needs some TLC. Also in the mix is two Queen Anne-style end tables, a really cool round flip-top side table with beautiful details, especially around the base of the pedestal and the feet. Last but not least, three vintage-style accent tables. Lots of neutrals and bright colors coming your way. Hi there, my name is Sarah Chen.、Uh, I have a furniture refurnishing business. It's called Sarah Chen Design. I am located at Charlotte, North Carolina. So for this week, I will be painting two sets of nightstands, and they both going to be white. And also, I'm going to paint a dresser. And this dresser gonna be pretty special because I want to paint as、uh, in pink, and the legs will be like naked wood. So I'm I'm just really excited to show you guys. Hey guys, it's Meg with Magdal Design, and this week in my studio, I'm working on finishing up an antique Jacobean buffet that I've had. I'm really excited because I finally have the legs all sanded down to bare wood. The top is a natural wood top that I'm working on sealing up as well, and then I get to do the fun detail work. So I'm going to be picking hardware, doing all the touch-ups, and I can't wait to share it with you guys soon. So I hope you have a great week. And so much going on in the refinishing world. We love checking in with you all. As most of you know, we linked up with Jen Talley of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, as well as Mud Paint and D Lawless, to create our first ever zebra furniture flip. The idea was to create a fast-paced event that allows three participants to compete by flipping their pieces. Then, once completed, sharing them on our Enjoy Zebra site for the public to vote for their favorite. For the last few weeks, we've been taking ugly duckling furniture piece entries, and in last week's podcast episode, we announced Jen's choice of three participants. Since the announcement, they have begun the process of transforming their ugly ducklings into beautiful swans. We will be checking in with our participants during the event, and this is our first check-in. You can also follow the process on all of our IGTV reels and stories. I want to first welcome our Zebra Furniture Flip host, Jen Talley. Jen, you have done a great job promoting the flip as well as choosing the participants. This was your original idea. Are you pleased with how it's coming? Oh my gosh! I am so pleased. I am so excited about it. I think it's going to be so much fun. Well, let's welcome our participants. We have Jess with Refreshed by Jess, Jeanette with Vintage Roots Repaired, and Candice with Casually Southern. How's everyone doing? Good. Doing great. Well, now, were you guys surprised when you found out you were chosen? Very surprised. 
No. <laughs> but you worked hard, didn't you? You picked the ugliest <laughs> piece you could find, <laughs> and it paid off. <laughs> Listen, um, I would presume that uh, all three of you like a good challenge. Is that true for you, Candace? Oh, yes. I have always been um, competitive and enjoy a challenge. Yeah, and I'm sure that's true for you too, Jess. Absolutely. 100% love the challenge and um, definitely competitive for sure as well. <laughs> and, and I and I don't, I dare not ask that question of Jeanette because you know, you've got a really odd piece. <laughs> I actually am not that competitive. So really? <laughs> I'm, I'm in it for the fun of it. I love the transformation. That's my favorite part. So this, this is right up my alley. Well, I would presume as well that uh, Candace and Jess... They say competition, but they probably find competition a lot of fun, don't you guys? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> well, are any of you nervous about any aspect of this competition? I don't think so. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I am a little bit nervous. <laughs> um, I'm trying some things that are kind of a little out of my comfort zone uh, just because I wanted to, I want to try to step it up a little bit instead of just doing what I know I can do. And so in, in trying a new product with the mud paint, um, that's going to be a challenge. But um, just seeing it all come together and being able to do exactly what I have envisioned. That's awesome. I, I love that because I was just thinking to myself that in the past when I've done different like collaborations or whatever, I always um, I'm not really a competitive person either, except for kind of with myself. So whenever I've been part of a collaboration like that, I want to do the same, like, okay, what can I do to stand, you know, step it up or stand out or, you know, just do something a little different this time. So it's, it makes me so happy to hear that you're doing that, Candace. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. It's interesting too, because um, everybody's different in this way. Some people excel more when they're in a competition and others, you know, um, when they get into a competition, it gets a little bit stressful and they just feel like there's a different level of pressure, you know, in the process. But it sounds like you guys are all doing well. I don't hear a lot of stress in your voice at all. From what I've seen so far, you guys look like you're having fun with it. For sure. I am learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the cool thing about that is as you're learning, everybody else is learning with you because uh, that's part of the, uh, that's kind of the purpose of this as well is to not only have build camaraderie in the community and give an opportunity for everybody to have a lot of fun, but also to continue to grow and learn. Now, you guys first had to pick your paint colors, your hardware and your brushes, and they are on their way. Was that a difficult uh, process, choosing them under pressure? Because you had, as soon as you guys were announced, or as soon as we announced who were the participants, I mean, you had to choose the colors pretty quickly. How? What? Any thoughts on that? That was one of my biggest challenges, uh, was the hardware choices. Because my piece is rather large, and it needs a lot of hardware. And I'm not used to picking hardware first. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I was like, wow, this is definitely different. And because um, normally I'll play around with that. I, you know, I always fill, my, fill the old holes and know I have time to, once the paint color's on, to kind of choose that later on. And I don't stress about it too much in the beginning. But this was different route. I'll be um, interested to see how they, they turn out. I would have to say hardware was my hardest as well. Uh, yeah. Because I was choosing something I don't normally choose. <laughs> So I hope it all works out. I waited probably until like the last second to figure out exactly what paint colors I was going to use. Hardware wasn't as hard for me 
but the paint colors were very difficult for me because I'm, like I said before, I'm trying something new and it's going to require several different colors. And so I just, I'm, I'm hoping that it all comes together the way I envision. <laughs> Jen, do you normally choose your hardware on the front end or do, are you sometimes inspired by the hardware that you see and find? I mean, I guess it's it can happen both ways, but I agree with these ladies. It's usually one of the last things that I choose. So I can see how that's a challenge. I didn't even really think about that until you just mentioned that, Jess, um, because I think what you do is, um, well, sometimes you do have to pick the hardware first, because like Jess said, if you're filling holes and measuring and stuff like that, you definitely want to do that before you get paint on your piece. But sometimes, like, let's just say you have a knob or a pretty common hole spacing, I absolutely wait until the end and play around with it and kind of put put different options in there and then decide what looks best. So I can absolutely see how that's a that's a challenge. Yeah. And even even if you choose a color, you're like, oh, I know I'm going to do black, you know, you at least have an idea, but then you can choose the actual piece of hardware, poles, knobs, you know, later. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was a good part of, of a, I would say, a twist that was interesting for sure. Well, I know that uh, a lot of times when we've chatted with uh, refinishers on the podcast, one of the things that they often say is when they get to the end of the project, that in some ways that's fun because they are changing out hardware to see which piece of hardware looks the best. So that was definitely a challenge. And I know everybody's going to be excited to see how these things come together and see how the early choices of hardware, how that works out at the at the very end. And I know you guys are doing all the cleaning, the prepping, sanding, and potentially structural repairs. Jen, what advice do you want to give our participants at this point? Oh my gosh. Well, I think they're all doing a great job so far because I've been watching their stories. And the only, um, the only advice really that I have for them, and I've already kind of given it to them when we first talked, is just get busy and get that prep work done because the rest of it is going to go quickly. And it's prep work is like one of the most important things. And it's also one of the most tedious and boring and not fun things. So I think just getting all of that out of the way and making sure you're taking all of those steps necessary is going to make the rest of this process go so much smoother and it will make it more fun. Yeah, that's great advice, Jen. Now, the next big phase will be when everyone receives all their supplies, the participants are not allowed to start painting until everyone has them in hand. Jeanette is in Canada, so we are hoping there will be minimal delays in shipping. We will keep everyone uh, up to date and post on uh, the progress so everybody can enjoy the excitement as the painting begins. Before we get any further in closing out this segment of the podcast, I want to give all three of you the opportunity to share your Instagram account because you guys are showing, um, you know, the process as well uh, in your stories. And so I know a lot of folks will want to follow along. And why don't we start with Jeanette? What is your Instagram account? I'm at Vintage Roots Painted. Okay. What about you, Candice? I'm at Casually Southern. And Jess? Refreshed by Jess. Okay, great. And as well, Jen, as our host, is also... Uh, sharing uh, these same stories and some of these IGTV reels and such. So, Jen, why don't you share your Instagram account in case uh, some listeners haven't been following you? It's at Perfectly Imperfect Furniture 
R-E-S. It's so weird. It's, it's short for restoration. So it's per- just type in perfectly imperfect furniture and you'll hopefully find me. Yeah, it'll pop up. <laughs> All right. But yes, I just want to say one last thing too, Lane, is that you guys, if you have not been following along, it's something that you're going to want to do. Like I said, I've been watching these ladies and their stories and Jess just had a Instagram story last night that had me mesmerized. She had her kids and her family all <laughs> helping, all helping her sand. And all you saw these little, like, cause it was sped up. You saw like, you know, all these minions and all of a sudden all this, all this blue paint is starting to disappear. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, it got me so excited. And same thing with Candace. She's been using power tools and I'm like, yes, this is coming together. And then I know Jeanette's is for a client. So that makes it exciting too. Like, what is this client going to want? Is she going to be okay with that? So I do have to tell you guys, you're going to want to follow along and watch this. Yep, absolutely for sure. It's 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 part of the fun and excitement. You don't want to miss any aspect of it. Okay, well, we'll let you guys go so you can get back to work until next check-in. Happy refinishing, everybody. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, ladies. You too. This will be our second year of the Zebra Review, and we want to say a special thank you to all the judges on last year's panel. We are sad that two of the judges, Natalie with a ray of sunlight and Keegan with lemon drops reclaimed, stepped down due to new obligations in their life. They serve faithfully on the judging panel, and we are grateful for all of their hard work. Natalie and Keegan are tremendous refinishers and good friends. We wish them the best as they continue advancing their careers and taking care of their families. We will continue to keep up with them on their Instagram accounts in the days ahead. We aren't going to end on a sad note, however, because we have a new panel for the new year, and we are equally grateful for the new artists joining and those that are remaining on. Our new panel consists of artists that you guys look up to. All of them are trendsetters and have paved the way for the advancement of this incredible industry. Without further ado, here are the judges for the 2021 Zebra Review. Sarah Bolton with Sitting Pretty Home Decor. Returning judge Katie Cloud with Katie and Company Home. Katie Scott with Salvage by K. Scott. Returning judge Lauren Switchina with Portland Rose Studio. And Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. Now for a little surprise, each of them took a few minutes out of their busy schedule to say hello to you, our listening friends. Hey everybody, this is Sarah with Sitting Pretty Home Decor. I am still in complete shock that I am going to be a judge on the panel for the Zebra Review. It's such an honor and I'm so excited and I cannot wait to start seeing all the pieces that are submitted and all of the creativity that's out there. For me, the Zebra Review has always been something that I look forward to every month to, to give me a push something to get me outside of my box and outside of my comfort zone. It's always been a huge source of inspiration. So when I'm looking at pieces, that's what I am going to be looking for, are people that have thought outside of the box, who have pushed themselves creatively. There's always something else out there. Even when you feel like you've done it all, there's always something, a new technique, a new product, something to push you. Um, And that's what I'm going to be looking for. So... Have fun, and I can't wait to see what everyone puts out. Hey, everyone. It's Katie from Katie and Company Home. I'm so excited to be back on the panel again this year for the Zebra Review. 
I look so forward every month to going through this hashtag and seeing all these incredible pieces. It is just, it is insane the amount of talent that is out there right now. And it's so neat to see all the new names, new artists. Um, this community is just awesome and so supportive. So I'm so grateful to be a part of it and so excited to be judging and looking through all these beautiful pieces every month. I'm totally like a less is more person, which you guys know. I like clean, crisp lines, but still some good detail. So that's what I'll be looking for this year in the zebra review. Enter your pieces in this hashtag, you guys. It is it is so cool. Like even just to use it as a tool for inspiration to search this hashtag, you're going to find the best furniture pieces. So excited to be here again. I'm looking so forward to this new year. Hello, furniture friends. This is Katie Scott from Salvaged by K. Scott. And I just wanted to say how incredibly excited and really honored I am to be on the judging panel for the Zebra Review this year. I cannot wait to see all of the individual styles and really unique pieces that you've all been working so hard on. I'm really looking forward to seeing some bright, crisp photography and tons of colorful inspiration. Happy painting. Hey guys, this is Lauren with Portland Rose Studio, and I'm super excited to be a judge for another year of the Zebra Review. Nice to have a little bit of a break, but I'm ready to get back at it. So when I'm judging, there's not usually something super specific that I'm looking for. I kind of just know it when I see it, but I do tend to be drawn to nice, bright, crisp photos, um, simple staging, Pictures that really let the furniture speak for itself. Um, I do like, you know, clean lines. Um, so whether that be an antique empire style or a mid-century style, like I said, kind of pieces that really just kind of stand on their own. But I love when there's an unexpected twist. So either a bright color or a fun knob, you know, just something that kind of catches my eye but I can't wait to see what you guys bring to the table this year. Let's get this show on the road. Hey guys, it's Jen at Perfectly Imperfect. You guys, I am so excited, so honored to have been chosen as one of the judges for the Zebra Review panel this year. You guys, I can't even believe it. I'm just over the moon excited. I am joining a group of women, all of whom I look up to and I'm inspired by, and I just can't wait to get started. I think what I'm looking for when reviewing a piece or judging a piece is something that really stands out, something that jumps off the screen at me, um, stops me in my scroll, and not only is it beautiful, but it's unique and it's you. It's you as an artist. It's maybe something different and um, exciting and inspiring. So I can't wait to see what you guys have this year. I am so excited to be on this panel. And I just want to say thank you so much to Zebra. Can't wait. Wow, what a talented group we have. On behalf of the Zebra crew, we are really excited to have this panel. Okay, now for the details for the April Zebra Review Contest. April's theme is pastels. As we transition from winter to spring, there's a bit of blending that takes place with colors. You take all the white and blues of winter, and then you mix that in with all the brilliant colors that start popping out on the trees and flowers, and well, 
you get pastels. <laughs> we are super excited about this theme and as well about our sponsors. For our sponsors, we have House and Canvas, The Lawless Hardware, and Surf Prep Sanding. Any furniture piece painted in a single pastel color or multiple pastels from January 1st, 2021 through April 30th, 2021 can be entered simply by using the hashtag the zebra review. Make sure you enter. Our judging panel is eager to see your pieces. The Zebra Collective is back and celebrating the spring equinox. Because spring is full of color, flowers, and sunshine, the opportunity to enter with your interpretation of a piece or pieces that look like spring is wide open. We are excited for spring now more than ever as we look forward to bright days ahead. Any furniture refinishing beginning January 1st, 2021 through April 23rd, 2021 can be entered. A big thank you to our sponsors and judges. Our sponsors are Country Chic Paint, Olive and Fern, D. Lawless Hardware, and The Golden Hour Art. Our judges, Courtney with Steelbridge Studios, Sarah with Olive and Fern, Jeannie with Blush Vintage, and Emily with 1379 Design. Make sure you tag your pieces with our hashtag Zebra Collective. We are so grateful for each of you, not only for listening to this podcast, of course, but also for using our paintbrushes. We love it when you tag us in your stories and posts showing what applications you're using zebra brushes on. And that is not just furniture refinishing, but also painting your homes. We will always make it our priority to highlight your furniture refinishing works of art on our zebra painting Instagram account and Facebook page. But we also want to make sure we highlight notable home projects as well. If you have used your zebra paintbrush on a home project and you want us to check it out, make sure you tag your pieces with zebra inspo. That's hashtag zebra inspo, Z-I-B-R-A-I-N-S-P-O. We would love for many more people to discover the Zebra Before and After podcast. Please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast directory. It really does make a huge difference in the rankings. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on thezebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's zebra with an I blog.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing.